it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. This week, once again, we go back to 2018 and bring you the second part of our interview with Gillian Gale. Last week, we heard part one of the discussion or interview with Gillian Gale AM, who was recently recognised in the Australia Day Honours List. Gillian told us about her career as a visiting teacher in Victoria, and uh, when we left it last week, she was telling us about her experiences as a visiting teacher and an education specialist in the Northern Territory. Let's rejoin Gillian now. I only got out to the communities often once a term, and you had to set up enough programming for them and things to be done but but you couldn't do it as I had done in Melbourne I mean you just did it with a very few suggestions and hoped that by the time you got back there again um, they were some of them would have been implemented I enjoyed it I felt it was a, work, uh, a job worth doing. It was an easy, easy place to work because people were so welcoming. And I felt very at home there. Um, and I, I think as, as I set up the, the vision services, we're doing an, a fantastic job for the students up there, whether they were in the um, towns or remotely. I mean, it was difficult because at that stage there was no real telephone so you, they used to have an organisation where you could only ring into a community at a certain time of day, and if you missed that, you couldn't ring till the next day. So um, you had to plan things very carefully. Mm. And then, I mean, for instance, I went out to a community to see a child on a Monday, and the family had gone walkabout. Oh. Right. So I was in the community until the plane came in to collect me on the Friday. And there were no other blind children or vision-impaired children there, so I made myself useful in the school for the week. Um, you had to be adaptable. Where did you move on to from, from the Northern Territory? So I was then invited to go to Rennick College in Sydney, which is part of RIDBC, to write the first Australasian textbook on vision impairment, which is called Towards Excellence, Effective Education for Students with Visual Impairments. I was a co-editor of that, and that took me 18... I had a scholarship for six months, but I actually was there for 18 months because a book takes a long time to write. Did you draw from just your own experience or the experience of, uh, of other people in writing that? No, it was written by all sorts of different people in Australia and New Zealand. And I, was, I wrote some of it and I was one of the editors. So it was an entirely new field for me. I'd had a, a couple of small books published beforehand, the first which was called What's This Blind Child Doing in My Class?, um, and then there was another one, which I co-wrote with Peter Cronin. Uh, so I had some inkling of what publishing a book was about, but it was a mammoth project. It's a 500-page book. Mm. 
So, but a great learning situation. And living at our, I, I lived in student quarters at RIDBC, and that was interesting in itself. And I used to lecture in the program there. And while I was there, I also did my master's degree. Did you keep going from there, or did you retire at that point? No, no, no. <laughs> I came back to Melbourne, and I couldn't get a job. <laughs> um, the school at Burwood didn't want me. And nobody seemed to want me, and um, that was very difficult. Mm. But finally, the SVRC, you know what that is? The Statewide Vision Resource Centre, which is the um, education department vision services here. Um, Deb Lewis, well, she was head, I rang her because she's a friend of mine and said, I haven't got a job, what am I going to do? And she said, oh, I'm going away for three months. You can have my job. <laughs> and I said, she was pretty high up. And I said, no, I didn't think so. But if she could get somebody else to do her job, I would go and fill in there. And it's some of the best three months of my life was that. It, mm. it, um, I, I was working actually in oh, helping with production and sort of on-site. I wasn't out visiting kids. I'm doing a lot of in-service. And then RVIB decided they would give me a job. Um, I was writing uh, the guidelines for tactile graphics. Oh, yeah. And then I, I got a job back at Burwood, um, which is what I'd been doing bef sometime before. I was a visiting teacher before, but I was also running the assessment services. And I went back to run the multidisciplinary assessment services and stayed there until I was 70 when I retired. And are you still actively involved with the community? Oh, well, I spent the first year after I retired, I got in my car and on my own for three and a half months, I drive, drove up to Cape York and across the top of Australia and had a fantastic three months looking at that part of the world. And then I came back and went to England to see my family and then the following year, I fronted up on their doorstep as I, at SVRC, as I had promised to do, and said, here I am, you gave me a job when I didn't have one. I always said I'd come back and volunteer. What can I do for you? And Deb Lewis said, have we got the project for you? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> which was writing the books, which I don't know whether you know about, called Aussie Dots. They're Braille books written for young Braille children, and the pictures are made of braille dots. There's a couple of hundred of them that we've written. So I'd, I was there for well, five years doing that, I suppose. Mm. Um, and we've now, just in this last six months, started, we've got in Victoria, there's a sort of quite a lot of kids who are between the ages about, of about nine and 15, I think, who are losing their sight, and, and these, the Aussie dots we wrote were about Slob the dog and Annabelle the cat and Aussie the fish. Um, so the 9 to 15-year-olds are not that interested in them. Right? <laughs> um, and we're trying to brew up some new books for that age group, so I'm back there one afternoon a week and, we, and doing a bit of work during the week on that. And I still, I go into my local primary school one morning a week and just to keep my mind ticking over and listen to the prep kids read and do a bit of work there too. Mm. Keeps me off the streets. 
Over the years, you've seen a lot of changes in the education of blind and vision impaired children. What do you think are the most significant? That a greater proportion, of course, of children are in the schools now compared to when, when I first went into it. I mean, so many of the children were not only in the blind school, but they were also residential. When I first went to the blind school, I mean, I was completely horrified by that. Um, I, it's different now. I th I'm not sure that children get as much um, good service as they used to when I first went out as a visiting teacher. Um, but it's how it is, and I personally am an integrationist and believe that the kids should be in the schools. So, I mean, I can't say too much because I don't re I know some visiting teachers, but I don't know enough about the individual students and what they're getting. No. But from what I hear, I think they're not getting as much service as our kids had when they, when we first started integrating them into schools. I think there's not that much money about anymore. Wow. Well, the, the SVRC here has a fantastic program um, where the kids, oh, I can't think what it's called now. We used to run it at RBIB and it was called Support Skills. Mm. So mm -hmm. that, and I, and I don't know, I imagine other places have it, but kids go in twice or three times a term, I think, on a Friday and are taught specific quote, blind skills or skills that they need. And they meet other students who are blind and vision impaired. And I think that is one of the uh, great advantages as well. Um, they've, they've also got a program there, which no one can't remember, which is for the younger students once a term where they go in for the day with their parents if they want. Absolutely. Um, it's something I've discussed on numerous occasions uh, on this program and with other people, that uh, one of the things that we do miss as part of um, the older institutional style of education is the ability to meet and, and work with and, uh, and to get to know other blind and vision impaired children. Um, you know, of a similar age. Sometimes that peer support and uh, that collaborative approach uh, can can do wonders for for confidence, particularly, but also for education. Yes, I th I think it's one of the most important programs running. Mm. Um, and I think the kids gain an enormous amount from it. Mm. Yes. Well, Gillian, congratulations on your uh, your award, and uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Well, thank you very much, and um, thanks for your congratulations. I feel very honoured. Gillian Gale AM, and on behalf of all of the members of Blind Citizens Australia, Gillian, congratulations, and thanks for your many years of service to the blind and vision impaired community. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who remember you very fondly. That's it for New Horizons this week. If you'd like to donate to Blind Citizens Australia, have a look at the website and uh, you'll be sure to find out how you can go about that. If you'd like any information about Blind Citizens Australia or blindness and vision impairment in general, it's also available on the website. If you have trouble accessing the website or if you don't have the internet available, you can contact the office on 1800 033 660. 1800 That all-important email address is bca at bca.org.au and of course the web address is www.bca.org.au 
Blind Citizens Australia is also on Facebook. You might uh, do a Facebook search for Blind Citizens Australia and like their page. Anything that uh, comes up then you will be notified about. It's a good way to keep in touch with what BCA is happening. Another good way to keep in touch with what BCA is doing is New Horizons. That's the program you're listening to right now. It goes out each week on behalf of Blind Citizens Australia and it is available to RPH stations across the country and it's also available to any other radio station which is interested in taking the feed. It's available to you personally as a podcast. If you'd like to listen to Blind Citizens Australia's New Horizons program, then you can do that through the Vision Australia Information Library Service and there are other ways to do so as well. And that's it for this week's program. I invite you to join me again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of our dreams Of our dreams